Welcome to the Wisdom Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Bobo Beck, and I'm on a mission to help as many professionals as I can to think more critically and to live more strategically. This podcast is a companion to the Wisdom Calling devotional series where I take readers on a journey through the Bible searching for wisdom along the way. We soon see that wisdom is multifaceted and involves the knowledge, character, skill, and conduct needed to please God and flourish in every season and circumstance. So this growing community known as Wisdom Calling is essentially the offer of wisdom for the business of living. An offer to everyone from Main Street to Wall Street and everywhere in between. God's timeless wisdom still calls today and is needed more than ever. So thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're here. We live and work in a society that values, even idolizes, speed and instantaneous results. A few years ago, I made an ill-informed investment in a startup that, looking back, was based more on the quick 20% return I was positioned to gain rather than on sound judgment. In the end, it was too good to be true. The owner of the company misappropriated my investment along with that of many others, Part of wisdom is stewarding and growing the resources God has entrusted to us, which is more about the long view, delaying gratification in the immediate for a greater return in the future. We see both instant and delayed gratification played out in the accounts of Jacob and Esau in the Old Testament, specifically Genesis 25 through 31. At the age of 60, Isaac and Rebekah gave birth to these twin boys, and even from birth, there was conflict between them. In one instance, as they grew older, Jacob, whose name meant cheater or take by the heel, he convinced his slightly older brother Esau to sell his birthright in exchange for a bowl of porridge. Well, in that culture, the birthright was the position as head of the family and resulted in a double share of the family estate. So this was no small trade. In this moment, Jacob took advantage of his brother's weakened state and flippant disposition. Esau showed no concern for his future. He chose rather to give in to the moment, into instant gratification. In another situation, we see Jacob seizing a formal blessing from his father Isaac and thus cheating his brother Esau once again. The patriarchal blessing in that culture was designed to shape the future of the one who received the blessing, much like the birthright. The elderly Isaac completely broke down when he found out he was deceived by his own son. And Esau was filled with hatred and rage and even to the point where he wanted to kill his brother. After all of this, Esau appeared to live a profane and unbridled existence, uh, character qualities that were later passed down to his children and grandchildren. But even in the midst of these family sins, however, God remained faithful to his promises to Abraham and to Isaac 
as he sovereignly continued to orchestrate the circumstances of their lives. Equipped with a new aim and fresh blessing from his father, Jacob fled that region and went to live with his uncle Laban. You can read about this in Genesis 28. During these years, the deceiver Jacob ultimately met his match on more than one occasion. Laban, his uncle, was a man who demonstrated notable business acumen, yet also leveraged his daughters in his covetous scheme. Jacob ended up serving Laban for 14 years in order to marry two of his daughters and served another six years to obtain his animals. Consequently, Jacob's 20 years of drudgery, discipline, and tenacity paid off well for his uncle Laban. And Jacob noted in Genesis 30, 30, For you had little before I came, and it has increased abundantly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. Jacob built his wealth over a long period of time, even while challenged by Laban's deceit multiple times. After one final dispute, Jacob fled Laban and took with him his two wives, his children, his possessions, and even a few other sentimental items of Laban's. It's interesting to note, though, that Jacob saw God's clear leading during his experience with Laban. He says, If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands. That's Genesis 31, 42. Yes, Jacob labored and served his uncle, but ultimately he experienced divine intervention and prosperity. Circumstantially, he was forced to delay his gratification, and along the way, God chastened Jacob's pride and challenged his tenacity. God also purged self-sufficiency from his will to win, his will to attain, and his will to obtain, and God redirected Jacob's love to God himself. You know, an increasingly popular way to view what happened with Jacob is this concept of karma, the ancient Eastern concept pertaining to the consequences of past actions. Ultimately, karma has to do with rebirth or reincarnation, but the term has more broadly come to mean good things happen to those who do good and bad things happen to those who think or do bad things. Karma certainly isn't a biblical concept, regardless of how prevalent this belief has become in business and pop culture. You and I, like Jacob, aren't the sum of all of our actions. Sure, there are positive and negative consequences for decisions we make, but through it all, God is in control and orchestrating the circumstances of our lives. Others may deceive and wrong us, yet God, our Heavenly Father, uses that hurt to strengthen and grow us. God is more than capable of intervening in our lives, even when we make stupid, short-sighted decisions like my too-good-to-be-true investment. 
He is able to right the wrongs when we have been conned or deceived in our business dealings. God is sovereign, not this nebulous universe that the experts today tell us to speak into. This is known as manifesting and is based on the New Age belief in pseudoscience known as the Law of Attraction, where positive thoughts attract positive results and negative thoughts yield negative results. This is also not a biblical teaching. Yes, we should be positive and optimistic as people of faith, but our faith should find its foundation and source in God himself, not in our ability to simply hack our minds. So we have to be so careful here. But I want you to take a moment to look back on your life and the many decisions you have made. Can you think of any examples where you have made a decision based on the short-term benefit or based on instant gratification? What was the situation? Did you experience any negative consequences as a result? As certain situations come to mind, take comfort in the fact that God is providentially in control and he providentially cares and is involved in our lives. Like Jacob, God often leads us through seasons of pruning and shaping where He is chipping away the rough edges of our character and teaching us to trust in him for the long term. And he certainly is trustworthy. Well, thank you again for listening today. If you have found this episode helpful, would you be willing to share it with others or post it on your social media pages? This helps this content to get out to a wider audience. And I hope you were able to listen to the previous episode and my conversation with my good friend, Bill Rodebaugh. We were able to talk about Abraham and Isaac and the topics of fear, success, wealth, and many other topics. So I hope you'll go back and listen to that if you weren't able to do so. Also, I want to remind you about the Wisdom Calling devotional series. These are daily readings designed as a guide through your work week. Most of these episodes come from some of the devotionals. For example, this episode is an adaptation from devotional number 12, Instant versus Delayed Gratification, which is based on Genesis 25 through 31. Volumes 1 and 2 are available on the website as well as on Amazon. This is the first 60 devotionals. Along the way, we're looking for wisdom. We're seeking it out so that we might apply it to our own lives and work today. For example, we talk a lot about wisdom and leadership development, facing fear, the source of our confidence, profit sharing, skill development, wise counsel, the brevity of life, and so many other topics as they come up in the scriptures. So make sure you order a copy of those if you haven't already. By the way, these devotionals are also available in Kindle version, There are discounts if you order 10 or more copies. So reach out to me if you have any questions. Well, that's it for now. Thank you again for tuning in. May you flourish in all that you do this week as you fear God and cultivate his wisdom in your life and work. Until next time, grace and peace.